in prayer for all of our families that are joining us virtually, that aren't able to join us today as we're taking some safety precautions. But we definitely lift you guys up in prayer and thank you for joining us. Let's pray. Our most gracious and heavenly Father, we come before you this day. And we thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us, for your grace, for your mercy, and for the freedom that comes only from you. And help us to understand that freedom, Lord. We pray for those who need healing, those who are sick, Lord, those who may be scared, those whose hearts are burdened or troubled, Lord, we pray that your presence would be felt, be seen in a way in which people will be moved to you. And we just ask right now that you be here with each and every one of us, regardless of how near or far we are, Lord, and that you help us to be your light in this world. Watch over us now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. We're going to jump right into it. It may not seem like we are if you were with us, because we actually have already had several countdowns and some praise and worship. Um, I want to should have did a blessing praise report. I'm going to give a praise report to Mr. Richard back there. Um, God has a habit of bringing people to the church that are needed, and he definitely has given Mr. Richard some talents that he is happy to use for the church, and we thank the Lord and Mr. Richard for that. That little video you guys were able to enjoy, Mr. Richard put together, um, and depending on how this goes and the surge of cases, um, we may be continuing to continue a very similar format for limiting our meeting times together. Um, just for the safety of everybody. And so, we are going to be in the book of Galatians. Now, I'm going to read it. I printed it off for y'all in big letters because when I do the different translations on my phone, it gets a little small. <laughs> and so, at old school, printed it off for you guys so that I could share it with you guys. And we're going to look at Galatians 5. Now, that may seem like a lot. And there's 26 verses in there, guys. But, I want us to continue looking at that for one very clear reason. Sometimes, especially when we have Bibles like these that have those little subtext or chapter subheadings and things like that, we go, oh, okay. And so, chapter 5 starts off labeled, Freedom in Christ, or a life of freedom. Or the life of freedom. And different ones. And then we move over, and starting with verse 16, some may transition and have another subheading. And so, oftentimes, we're more familiar with this latter part. It's the fruits of the Spirit, guys. And we may think about it, 
They call it a life by the Spirit or the Holy Spirit or victory. But when I was reading it through in different translations, just studying Galatians 5, I looked at it in the message paraphrase. And it was interesting because it does still have subheadings. But it doesn't split when you get to verse 16, like many different translations do with different subheadings. And as I was reading it, I was led to view the whole passage in a new light. What if the fruits of the Spirit are not something we can even achieve until we recognize and claim the freedom we receive in Christ? And what if in order to live by the fruits of those spirits, we need to recognize our freedom that only Christ brings? And so I'm going to read you Galatians 5 from the message paraphrase. I invite you to follow along in whatever translation or paraphrase that you would like to follow along in. And Galatians 5 says this. Christ has set us free to live a free life, so take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. I am empathetic about this. The moment any one of you submits to circumcision or any other rule-keeping system, at the same time Christ's hard-won gift of freedom is squandered, I repeat my warning. The person who accepts the ways of circumcision trades all the advantages of the free life in Christ for the obligations of the slave life of the law. I suspect you would never intend this, but this is what happens. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, you are cut off from Christ. You fall out of grace. Meanwhile, we expectantly wait for a satisfying relationship with the Spirit. For in Christ, neither our most contentious religions or disregard of religion amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior. Faith expressed in love. You are running superbly. Who cut in on you, deflecting you from the true course of obedience? This detour doesn't come from the one who called you into the race in the first place. And please don't toss this off as insignificant. It only takes a minute amount of yeast, you know, to permeate an entire loaf of bread. Deep down, the master has given me confidence that you will not defect. But the one who is upsetting you, whoever he is, will bear the divine judgment. As for the rumor that I continue to preach the ways of circumcision as I did in those pre-Damascus Road days, that's absurd. Why would I still be persecuted then? If I were preaching that old message, no one would be offended if I mentioned the cross now and then. It would be so watered down, it wouldn't matter one way or the other. 
Why don't these agitators, obsessive as they are about circumcision, go all the way and castrate themselves? It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's love is summed up into a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you fight and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? My counsel is this. Live freely, animated and motivated by God's Spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. For there is a root of self-interest in us that is at odds with the free spirit. Just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness, these two ways of life are anti-ethical. So that you cannot live at times one way and at other times Another way, according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence? It is impossible what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Or it's obvious. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religions, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all consuming yet never satisfied wants. A brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. And I could go on. This isn't the first time that I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. But what happens if we live in God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find others involved in loyal commitment, not needing to force our way in life able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good, crucified. 
Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That means we do not compare ourselves with each other as if one were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives, for each of us is an original. Christ has called us, has set us free to live a free life. But what does that look like? What should it look like? There's been a lot of discussion, comments, about what freedom is. It's getting a little too hot in there. Freedom. We are free to do whatever we want. We have free will. If it gets a little warm, Because when we are free to do whatever we want, we have a certain level of power. And as the sage Uncle Ben says in the wise phrase on Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility.
when Paul is talking about the law of circumcision, he's talking about the, the law of Moses. Where if they weren't circumcised, they were considered unholy, unworthy, beneath. And Paul's saying, yeah, no, it's not circumcision. That's not what makes you holy. In fact, <laughs> it will never be what makes you holy. You will strive your days and fail. What makes you holy, what gives you that opportunity, is the price that Christ paid to deliver all people from the guilt and power of sin that he delivered, that he paid. You see, Christ was the fulfillment of that law. He says it, he says, would you rather live under the law that you surely will fall at some time, someday? You will fall short. Or would you rather live free in Christ <laughs> and experience grace and mercy and forgiveness? Anything can happen. I mean, 
judgment, do you actually think you would ever see a giant bird fly over the air beach with a shark? And I mean, it was big enough you knew, you're like, that's a shark. Where in the world? What is happening? And I'm just like, slaves 
to sin. We will all pay the price of death. It is through the freedom in Christ, a freedom that only he can give, that we can be free and fully delivered. And yet, the world is keen to distract us, to hold us It even uses the word freedom in a way that in exercising freedom and certain rights, we enable ourselves to become slaves to sin. We have been given a freedom. We have been called to live a free life. Do we? And just what does it mean? Well, free to not serve the flesh. Live animately, freely, and motivated by God's Spirit, then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. The Passion Translation says, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder them from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then, the two are incompatible and conflicting forces within you. Your self-life of the flesh and the new creation of life in the spirit. You have been bought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace. You will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. Now, I kind of like that. It makes me think of the flying shark soaring above it. He's kind of bound to the water, isn't he? I mean, sharks do not have wings that I'm aware of. And I've watched a lot of Discovery Channel, and I've never seen that yet. If anyone knows if a shark flies, other than air dolls that jump out of the water, you let me know. But here he was a moment, free. But at what cost? Right? At what cost? was that shark free. We, by exercising the freedom of choice we have to live our lives however we want, motivated by our own self-interest, are sacrificing the freedom that comes from the Spirit. I love when it says, how do you live as free? It says, you put things behind you. You 
sacrifice. You give up. You move beyond the things that would actually seek to hold you as a slave to them. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled actions, wild parties, and other similar behaviors. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? In your freedom, in your freedom, display the fruits produced by the Holy Spirit, your freedom to love one another. with a joy that overflows, with a peace that subdues, with patience that endures, kindness that is put into action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness in heart, and strength of your spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for these, these are limitless. And keep in mind that we belong to Jesus, the anointed one. For everything connected with ourself, life has already been put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow him. We may never be arrogant or look down on one another, for each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. Free. To live dynamically, animated and motivated by the Spirit of God, free to live our lives, remembering one law, to love
even when love is not reciprocal, even when it's not shared, it is still given in service. Ephesians 2, 15. Verse 14, actually, do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. Chapter 12. Chapter 12. So I will very gladly spend for you everything I have and expend myself as well. If I love you more, will you love me less? Be that as it may, I have not been a burden to you. Even if you love me less, I will love you more. Paul, <laughs> talking to the church in Corinth. After he has said he has made a fool of himself for them. He's been back and forth visiting them, teaching them, helping them to grow. does it willingly, considering others above himself, using his freedom to serve others, because that's how freedom goes, when we use our freedom in Christ to share that freedom with others, when we think of others above ourselves, when we exercise kindness, when we can live by the fruits of the Spirit, then and only then will freedom grow. When we can put kindness in action, be patient, living a life full of virtue and faith that prevails, having a gentleness of heart, strength of spirit and a joy that overflows, we can truly be free. And in being that free, we share that with others. Never diminishing the value that each and every one has that they are an original. And in our kindness to others, 
our service of others. In our serving of love. We share And yet, we can look around the world and still see oppression. We can still see areas of life in which there are people who consider themselves more worthy than others who hold themselves higher, who consider themselves more important. And live a life that 
is free. We must recognize that there is really only one source of freedom. And that until we understand that and claim it and live by it, until the fruits of that freedom are displayed in our very souls, we will still be captives to this world. He tries to distract us from the freedom that God has for each and every one of us in thinking that there are laws ways in which we can be free. True freedom is not a life on this earth to do whatever we please. But it's in knowing that in claiming the blood of Jesus in our lives, we are free from the that death distracts from each and every one Christ paid that price, fought that battle for us, that we might be free. And I challenge each and every one of us to use that freedom.
Lord, to celebrate the freedom that only you truly give. The freedom from death, Lord. The freedom that Jesus paid with his own life. We pray now, Lord, that you help us to serve one another, to live our life out in freedom in a way that is pleasing to you, in a way that shows your love for others, in a way that acts in service of others. Help us to live for you and in you and by you. We ask you to be with us now. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We want to thank you guys for joining us.